This is Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to wrapping up the final month of the year and get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about things to be thankful for and more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at TheCenterSquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. State Senator Martin Sandoval, who's under federal investigation, will be stepping down from the Illinois legislature, but not until after the new year. The Cicero Democrats' home and Capitol offices were raided by the FBI this summer, reportedly over a widespread investigation of possible kickback schemes. Though he hasn't been charged with a crime, he said in a letter Wednesday, resigning was, quote, necessary in order to proceed without distraction. His resignation would take effect January 1, 2020. Sandoval is the second state lawmaker this year to resign under a federal cloud. State Representative Louis Arroyo was arrested for bribing an unnamed state senator. He pleaded not guilty and then resigned his position. Another state senator has been indicted on embezzling from a labor union. State Senator Tom Cullerton has pleaded not guilty. He remains in office. With a new commission forming to investigate how to update Illinois' ethics laws, some lawmakers are staking out what they say they want to see amid federal corruption investigations. Before leaving for the year, lawmakers passed measures Governor J.B. Pritzker said are important, such as creating a central database of lobbyists. And making sure that uh, all of you in the press and the public uh, can see who the lobbyists are, who they represent, what influence they're wielding upon legislators, how much money they're giving to legislators, and how much money those companies are giving to legislators. That's not easy to find today. Lawmakers also created a joint commission on ethics and lobbying reforms. While he's not on the commission, State Representative Tim Butler said the commission needs to meet and move on legislation even before issuing a report in March. Because I think a lot of us know there's things we can knock off pretty easily, not the least of which is making sure that members of the General Assembly are not lobbyists. I think that's a pretty easy uh, bar to meet by passing legislation that would eliminate that. Pritzker said once fully formed, the commission should take up that important question. Should legislators also act as lobbyists? That's an important question um, that this commission is going to take up. Uh, I think we've got to address all of these issues that are around the the recent uh, corruption uh, allegations and indictments that have taken place. That commission should take up those issues immediately. The commission's legislative members and members from the Secretary of State have been named. Pritzker said he'll appoint members soon. The Attorney General's office has yet to announce its members. The commission is expected to issue a report in March. 
Politicians from across the state are filing nominating petitions with the Illinois State Board of Elections to be on the primary ballot. Monday marked the opening of the filing period for the March primary. Illinois State Board of Elections spokesman Matt Dietrich said people were lined up for hours before the doors opened. Those candidates will enter a lottery to be at the top of the ballot in their race. It's a kind of a tradition. Candidates make a big deal out of it. We've never been able to find any uh, any evidence that that gives you any kind of an advantage, but it is a tradition. And Who's filing? Well, there are judges, members of the Illinois House. 118 seats there. We have, uh, I believe, 20 Senate races up this year. Um, all of the Illinois congressional delegation. There's also a contest for U.S. Senator Dick Durbin's seat. Durbin was in line Monday filing petitions for another term. Two Republican candidates filed seeking the GOP nomination for that seat on Monday. Dietrich said it's all hands on deck to digitize those documents. Actually, as soon as the petitions get filed, you'll have other candidates who want access to them to start reviewing them to look over any whatever they may want, they may object to. Challenges of candidates nominating petitions begin December 3rd, and come January, there are even more filings for Illinois' presidential primary. This is the busiest day always for us in any two-year election cycle. Gets even busier in a presidential year because you have um, not just so much the presidential candidates, but you also have all of their delegate candidates are busy. The primary is March 17th. Voters will have to publicly declare a party to cast a ballot. A nonpartisan ballot can be requested for any local ballot initiatives there may be. Business groups representing the recreational cannabis industry are warning that Illinois' growers may not be able to keep up with demand in the opening days of its legality. Cole Lauterbach has that story. When recreational cannabis went live on January 1st of 2014 in Colorado, customers lined up by the hundreds around dispensaries in the snow. Former lawmaker Pam Altoff is the director of Cannabis, an industry advocacy group. She says it's likely to be the same type of draw on New Year's Day in Illinois, but it could be such a draw that customers may not be able to get what they came for. We're just a little bit concerned that people have um, a higher expectation um, for mass product than potentially may be available off the get-go. She says the heavy demand for recreational cannabis in Illinois may be so much that dispensaries may not be able to handle the initial rush when the state legalizes recreational use on January 1st. It is an ag-based product. It's not a widget. On top of the demand for recreational cannabis, she says they have to hold back adequate supply for medical marijuana patients. It is a requirement to ensure that we have a 30-day supply. Altoff says the state's medical cannabis market is set to expand as well. So we had the perfect storm of almost an entire new group of medical patients while we are also trying to gear up for the new consumer. CBAI suggests customers try THC oils, vapes, or other edibles if the flower supply runs out. I'm Cole Lauder. With the U.S. Congress off for the holiday, after two weeks of hearings to impeach President Donald Trump, congressmen are back in their districts, and in Illinois, it seems to be split along party lines. Illinois has two Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, Mike Quigley and Raja Krishnamurthy, both supported moving forward with open impeachment hearings. The next step could be the Judiciary Committee in the House, where articles of impeachment could be raised. Peoria Republican U.S. Representative Darren LaHood reviewed the testimony so far. The former federal prosecutor says he doesn't see anything that rises to impeachment. What he does see is selective investigations. There's hypocrisy throughout this process. And, and again, we're going to have an election 
let the people decide what happens with our president and not 535 partisan members of Congress. Taylorville Republican U.S. Representative Rodney Davis said House Speaker Nancy Pelosi needs to focus on things like passing the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. She's choosing not to. She's failing, and it's another broken promise that we're seeing under Democratic leadership. LaHood said impeachment is distracting from other issues. I've seen nothing in the evidence as a former federal prosecutor that leads me to believe that we should be impeaching the president. Um, and and uh, people may not like the president, may not like his actions, but in less than 10 months from now, you're going to be able to early vote in Illinois. Under our Constitution, the will is with the people. But if the House Democratic majority supports impeachment along party lines, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin said it must be taken up by the Senate, where Kentucky Republican U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell controls that chamber. You see, the interesting thing is McConnell gives up the gavel when we go into our constitutional responsibility for impeachment in the Senate. It's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, and he may think twice if he uh, is trying to evaluate his leadership potential in that circumstance. Durbin said he hasn't made up his mind. The House Judiciary Committee will hold hearings about impeachments when they return next week. It's unclear if a full vote on impeachment in the House will happen before the end of the year. In internal reports about allegations that somebody at the FBI altered a surveillance warrant documents to get a warrant on a Trump campaign associate, as Illinois' Congress members talking, federal investigators of Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act's warrants against Carter Page, who was a policy advisor for President Donald Trump when he was running for office in 2015. The warrant was renewed multiple times, and Inspector General is expected to release findings of an investigation December 9th. Democratic U.S. Senator Dick Durbin's on the committee that's going to hear about the report, asked for reaction to leaked reports, saying the review will show an FBI attorney tampered with documents to get that warrant. I have no idea. That Horowitz report's going to come out if the Judiciary Committee I'm, so, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. So you haven't heard scuttlebutt about somebody no. uh, fabricating uh, documents no. from the FISA no. warrant? Peoria Republican U.S. Representative Darren LaHood said he's seen some troubling things that indicates wrongdoing. When you go to a federal judge and you get put under oath and you lie or you alter that application, there has to be consequences. And clearly there were things left out of that FISA application. And people need to be held accountable within our government at the highest levels if there is a abuse of our of, of the Constitution. Taylorville Republican U.S. Representative Rodney Davis reacted. Well, I've seen that, but I'm going to wait for the entire report to come out to, to cast judgment. But if it's true, uh, it's clearly disappointing. Uh, but I want to see the report. I'm interested in seeing it. I think it's uh, it's overdue. The Senate Judiciary Committee is expected to hear about the report December 11th. And rural Illinois school boards were again told that their representation in Springfield would not support efforts to arm teachers. Cole Lauterbach has that story. Like last year, a proposal to allow districts to set training guidelines and allow willing teachers to carry firearms was voted down at the Illinois Association of School Boards annual meeting. The association vice president Ben Schwarm says rural schools want the measure because they're often further away from a police station and could have longer response times. Uh, little or no police uh, forces uh, near them that serve them, and they have really long response times from first responders. Schwarm says the main opposition from the measure came from Chicago and suburban districts. Uh, not a lot of awareness among some areas and more urban suburban areas that have uh, professional police departments and fire departments that are close. Rural districts wanted it due to longer police response times. The district representatives did say they want a measure that would have the state give the option to help pay for school resource officers, often a policeman. 
said we support a program that would help fund those for these uh, other schools and school districts that need that. Members did vote to have the association pursue a state-funded option for those schools to get an armed resource officer, something wealthier districts often already have. Most of the suburban districts, urban districts, they already have school resource officers because they have the resources to do so. At Saturday's annual Illinois Association of School Boards meeting, members once again voted against pushing Springfield to pass legislation that would allow school districts to give willing teachers the ability to carry a firearm in schools. Members voted it down last year as well. Schwarm says just over half of the state school districts sent a voting representative to the meeting. I'm Cole Lauterbach. Those are the top stories from the past week for Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Illinois Focus Crosstalk segment. I'm Chris Krupp, publisher of the Center Square here in Illinois. We've got a special Thanksgiving edition that we're going to be doing today. Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square, Illinois, joining me. Dan, happy Thanksgiving and happy Black Friday, uh, Small Business Saturday, whatever they call Sunday, and Cyber Monday weekend. I don't forget uh, Giving Tuesday. And then Giving Tuesday. I, I did forget. Sorry. Are we giving? Or are we, are, we, are we receiving? We're giving a lot to the state of Illinois, Chris. No charge. No charge. Um, so, so Dan, this is thematically, this is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to really necessarily dig into the highlights uh, of, the, of the news this week. We're going to sort of take a moment and reflect and think about all the things that we have to be thankful for in Illinois. And we're going to try to do our very best to, um, to keep it to that. You know, I'm kind of drawing a blank. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got plenty to be thankful here in Illinois. Uh, we, as another year, just for example, uh, no nuclear war. Right? There was not a nuclear war in Illinois this year. Right, as Cold War kids, you know, that was probably the thing we were afraid, uh, afraid of the very most. Another consecutive year of no nuclear war in Illinois. And the General Assembly did not quadruple our gas taxes this year either. No, they, they only doubled them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That was, that's right. They raised it by 19 cents a gallon. I'm going to have to cross that off my list. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, it's, well but, but I think you're on to something there. So, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it's, we are in the holiday season window officially now, and, and it's a really awesome time of the year because we get to see people that maybe we haven't seen for a while. You know, your families come together. You see friends over the holidays that you wouldn't normally see. Um, we've already started to do that a little bit. You know, got together with some friends of ours last uh, over this past weekend um, who I hadn't seen for five or so years. and. Um, gave us a chance to reminisce and then certainly talk about what's going on today in the, in and around the state of Illinois and certainly in our lives and whatnot. And it was, it was, it was actually kind of fun because a, a lot of the same things that we talk about that, um, you know, I'm not saying that it's, you know, that there's a small number of people in Illinois that are, are talking about, you know, just what it's like to live here now. 
But uh, I don't know. Some of these conversations aren't necessarily of interest to all people. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to have a conversation about the state of Illinois and, and sort of what's going on here. But um, I went over to um, a local hangout not far from where I live, and my uh, shared car driver, he was technically, an, I guess he was a Lyft person, starts talking about taxes to me on the way over there, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. He goes, did you know that? And he started throwing, rattling off all these facts. I'm like, man, I, I think I found that the, the next host of uh, Illinois and Focus's crosstalk segment. So anyway, sorry for the long run up to that. So what are you, what are you thankful for, Dan? I mean, and what, what, what are the people in your life going to be talking to you about over the holiday season here? Well, I'm fortunate that I will be able to do a little traveling this week. We're recording the podcast a little earlier this week because of the uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, and um, I'll, I'll be able to spend uh, some time with uh, extended family uh, out of state. Um, so I'm thankful for that. We have already banned uh, the 2020 presidential election as a topic of conversation. Uh-huh. So I'm thankful that I'll be able to escape that. <laughs> for a you mean in your family function? <laughs> uh, we we have uh, we have folks in our family uh, on both sides of the uh, political aisle, so any mention of Trump or impeachment um, is strictly banned for the rest of the week, and banned from the television and banned from the radio. So I'll be able to to get away from that. But 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 you're you, you're you're censoring the news in, in your in your own home. I guess it's a greater good in this case. We want to all come out of this thing um, still um, alive and still um, thankful for each other. So I, I guess that's an important point. Well, I, I wish you the very best of luck on that. So as I was thinking about like my list, and, I'll, uh, and so we haven't gotten a whole lot that we're thankful for yet, except for not not quadrupling the gas tax. I've actually got the uh, stopwatch going to here. Make sure we can fill our allotment of time. Uh, <laughs> so how about so uh, how about this is something that that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that the Federal Bureau of Investigations is finally looking into what's going on with the legislature um, and people around the legislature in the state of Illinois because it just it just seems like this is a question that uh, that I've been asked a lot. And I'd say this goes all the way back, you know, to when I was editing, you know, newspapers uh, or, or, you know, overseeing uh, newsrooms in Illinois. Why doesn't, why doesn't somebody step in? Why doesn't, why isn't there a broader investigation? Because this all seems a little bit fishy to me. And um, well, now it appears that someone has stepped in and it's probably the right someone for this job. You know, there's there's been a you know a handful of indictments in and in and around the legislature. Um, there's been some pretty significant expansion of the investigation, and we hear from you know people who tell us things every now and again that the this might be the like the jelly of the month club uh, that this investigation might be the gift that keeps on giving for news organizations certainly. I shouldn't say I guess. I am thankful for that because well, you know what? I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, but the the FBI investigation happens to be at the top of my list uh, too. Yeah, very interesting. For too long, um, there's been too much corruption in this state that's led to uh, 
well, let's face it, it's led to tax increase after tax increase because politicians have been greasing the wheels and, and getting their buddies uh, big paying jobs with little to do. And um, so I am definitely thankful that the FBI uh, is investigating and um, hopefully we see some results of those uh, fairly soon. And that's the end of my list. So uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I guess I would say that I'm I'm thankful for the discussions that are happening uh, in and around the state about how the state's being governed. I think that that's healthy. It, you know, in 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 difficult times, and we want to kind of keep this to a really just to an eye on Illinois and, and not to to periscope it out and to talk about it nationally. There's no shortage of, um, I don't know if you, Dan, if you uh, are a, a big uh, Facebook uh, fan. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I'm being facetious. I, I know that you love Facebook. It, it's, it's. Uh, I don't know if I go that far, but. I, I, don't, I don't know that I would either. Uh, I think I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. If, if I didn't, if I wasn't curious about what the kids that I grew up with in grade school and high school and college are doing today and, and how their families are growing and the good things that are happening in their lives, I wouldn't participate in it because the brain damage that's received from the other stuff that gets posted on Facebook, which is largely really thin political talk or point, you know, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't say there's necessarily points of view because I'm not sure that the points of view are their own, largely parroted from other sources, some of which are just awful. Uh, I would I would step away from the platform uh, altogether, but there seems to be a discussion. This is where I'm headed with this. There seems to be a discussion, and I am thankful for this about what is going on in Illinois. You know, tax assessments just came out for 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 you and me uh, in our county, and I would think the vast majority of counties around the state those are already in hand. Um, we're looking at you know increases. Yours is double digits. Mine's just under double digits. Um, I read a story about uh, someone in, in Northwest Suburban Huntley who owns a, a business uh, that in an older building, I wouldn't say it, it might be a historic building, but, you know, his his taxes were going up uh, by like some insane amount, by like 267% or something like that. And people are actually taking the time, though, to, to talk about government and to understand it and asking questions about sort of how this all works. And, uh, and I, I am thankful for that because I think that that's something that, that all people should be doing, not only here in Illinois, but, you know, across the country. Right. And that's, and honestly, that's the only way Illinois is going to get out of its current, um, fiscal mess and get rid of the, the corrupt politicians who have been, um, essentially sinking this state. Uh, and that's by people, individuals, taxpayers, voters becoming more informed about what's going on in Springfield and in their local governments um, and being active about it, being active participants in the democracy. So hopefully these conversations do lead to positive change uh, in Illinois. So I'll, I'll add that to my list. That's a good one. So what else is on, what else is on your list? Cause I know you had a couple good ones on there for yeah, sure. You know, actually I've got, uh, I've got Lori Lightfoot, um, Chicago's uh, new mayor been mayor for almost a year going on close to a year now, but um, uh, I don't agree with her uh, on every policy issue. In fact, there's probably more that I disagree with her on, but she's been a bit of a breath of fresh air. Uh, she's also t talking outwardly about the need to end corruption in Illinois. She's one of the few on the Democrat side that's talking about the need for pension reform. 
Um, certainly pensions are one of the, the thing that's driving up taxes in this state. Fully a quarter of the state budget goes just to pay uh, the pensions of folks who are no longer providing services um, to hardworking Illinoisans. Um, so I'm thankful to, uh, for, for Lori Lightfoot at least talking about some of the same things that we're talking about. I think that's fair. And I think that your characterization of her is is something a little bit more affirmative than she was the lesser of, of two bad options for Chicagoans. Uh, I, I really felt like she, uh, she did bring something different. And, and, you know, for the people who are listening to us in Chicago proper, um, the option of, of having Lori Lightfoot as your mayor, I think certainly was a, uh, a better one. And, uh, and, and she ran, I, I thought a very, a very straightforward campaign. I've, if you think back to sort of, you know, the rhetoric that was involved in that campaign, I think there were attempts to smear her and to smear her credibility. And, uh, she rose above it and she ran maybe one of the cleanest mayoral, you know, contested mayoral campaigns that I can think of in the years, you know, decades that I've lived in Illinois. Right, yeah, I, I agree. And, um, she, you know, she's not, it, it, she certainly has a background, um, um, in, in government and, and whatnot, but she's not a long established, you know, political insider who's, you know, had these connections to the Michael Madigans of the world. Um, so there's that. And she did run a clean campaign. It was not an attack-oriented campaign, as, as some of the, her opponents uh, uh, ran against her. But she's, let's face it, she's got a lot of work to do. Uh, uh, Chicago's finances are just as bad as the state of Illinois. Um, Chicago's taxpayers are just as overburdened as state ta- taxpayers are, downstate taxpayers. Um, um, so, you know, I wish her well. I, I, I hope she accomplishes a lot in her first term that doesn't does not have to do with simply overtaxing and overspending. Yeah, that, that that's yeah, that's that's a nice sentiment. What what else is on your list, Dan? I've I've got at least one more. I've got, uh, yeah, I've got another one. I'm 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 thankful for the job creators who, despite the uh, overregulatory nature of um, state and local governments, um, despite the tax burdens that they face, are sticking it out because they love Illinois and and we've got some tremendous. Uh, a tremendous workforce in Illinois. So I'm thankful for the job creators, uh, big and small, the, you know, the Abbots, the Boeings, but even the, but the small business owners uh, too, who, who um, put up with a lot of crap, um, but uh, are, are in it for the long haul and um, continue to um, help uh, average workers um, put food on the table, pay their mortgage, pay their rent. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for them. And we can and all demonstrate you know, if you feel the same way as Dan, and I agree, I agree with you on that. I mean, it, you're not going to get any pushback on that at all, that the entrepreneurs and the innovators and the people that are trying to create, you know, something on Main Street or to try to build a business, it's tough. It's very, very tough stuff. So Small Business Saturday uh, is this, you know, is this weekend. If you miss Small Business Saturday, because you're listening to us on Sunday on Illinois Radio Network, and you're not picking up the podcast on on uh, on Saturday or thereabout, you can still go back and support that small business on Sunday because those people are working seven days a week. They'll be open, and they'll gladly exchange their wares for your cash. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I see these, I see these, these posts on Facebook all the time, uh, especially from people who I know who are in small business and it's a, uh, it's a signboard like you'd see out in front of a, you know, a roadside shop that says, uh, buy from me rather than Amazon because we're going to put our names on your kids' little league jerseys and we bet you that Amazon won't. And that's a good, that is without a doubt, a fact filled statement. Great message. So um, did you have anything else on your I'm grateful for list? Well, you, I mentioned Giving Tuesday uh, at the top. Um, you know, there's, there's hundreds, uh, thousands of local nonprofits um, in all of our communities throughout Illinois who are doing good work, who are underfunded, you know, because the state has other priorities like stuffing the pockets of uh, uh, political insiders and whatnot. Um, Giving Tuesday is an opportunity to, for you, uh, for our listeners, um, for me, um, to give back to, to those agencies who are doing the grunt work, doing the great work in our neighborhoods and our communities, for those who need it the most. So yeah. if, you have, uh, if you have a spare extra few dollars, please, uh, please give back. Dan, I couldn't agree with you more. There are so many charities out there that are worthwhile and, and exist by virtue of the donations that they receive from people who care about their causes. And you find yourself walking around with an extra dollar in your pocket, put it in your hand, put it in their tin, because it, they, they, they do a good job of, of using those dollars to provide services. Um, if you have questions about the validity of the charity, you know, certainly ask the question, but I think most of the people that are out there soliciting at this time of the year are legit. I had one last thought and, and, you know, with regard to what I'm thankful for. And, you know, for people that are out there that are, that are listening to this either on podcasts or if you're listening to it on the Illinois radio network, uh, journalism and media as a whole is, is really had a very, very difficult time in the last 10 years. And the, the economics of the news business has changed considerably there still are some very good, hardworking people who are out in the local newsrooms around Illinois who are gathering up, you know, enough information to provide a solid report to keep people aware of what is going on in their communities. And I, I certainly wouldn't look past the group that we've assembled, you know, here in Illinois at the Center Square. Uh, I know how hard they work. I know how many hours they put in. Uh, just to ensure that they're uh, that, that uh, the things that they're covering, the news that that, that you know that they view as important, uh, is adequately told and shared, so people across the state uh, have an idea of what's really going on within the legislature and across the entire state of Illinois. And I would be remiss of me to not say that I'm thankful for them because they're 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 good people and uh, they do good stuff. And it's well said. Um, uh, and let me just expound on that by just adding: you just look our own Greg Bishop, who, co who covers the Capitol um, from Springfield. Just uh, look at the grief he's put up with from Speaker Madigan and Senate President John Cullerton for asking tough questions, for having the nerve to hold public officials, elected officials, accountable. Um, so I'm, I am thankful for those. Uh, for those journalists who are on the front lines and holding uh, 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 the folks who make the spending decisions, who make the, ta the tax taxing decisions accountable. So with that, Dan, I'm just going, you know, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. By the time this airs, you'll probably be, you know, all the way 
trip the fan out, you know, and crash on the couch. Um, safe travels to you and to everybody this week and, and over the, the coming weekend. Uh, come back to Illinois safe. If you're coming back to Illinois, <laughs> come back to Illinois safely. Thank you very much, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. For Dan McHale, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to Illinois in Focus Crosstalk. Now over to Greg Bishop with a look at what the Center Square Illinois will be working on in the week ahead. Next week, the Center Square Illinois will begin unpacking all the various measures state lawmakers passed and the governor signed this year that's set to take effect in the new year. From new parking taxes to legalized recreational cannabis, Illinois will have a lot to prepare for. We'll also start compiling our top stories of 2019 for our year in review. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.